Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with loads in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. We spent Monday's episode in the world of an 80s comedy, a decade where certain jokes just simply aren't acceptable anymore. So let's move gracefully into the noughties for another comedy where the gags will obviously be much more appropriate. From 2008, it's Tropic Thunder. Why is everybody all obsessed with the map? Because they're tired of being your tram donkeys. Acting like you some one-man GPS? God damn it! We lost! We fucking super lost, man! Tell him, McCluskey. Tell him what time it is. I believe you people. Huh? What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? I... So which film in this week's They Think They're In A Movie will be victorious? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. Here we go again. Again. I'm Alex Zane. <laughs> I'm Vicky Crumpton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome to part two of this week's Clash Three Amigos versus Tropic Thunder. As you well know, at the end of this show, we'll declare which is the better film in the verdict. But before we get into Tropic Thunder, it's time for a regular dip into the digital mailbag and a review from one of you read by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly. Uh, this review comes from someone whose name is just a series of letters that are written unconnected. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to? Do you want me to say them? A series of letters. Un- I said a series of letters unconnected. Oh, didn't hear. Which me. isn't what everyone is. <laughs> no. All right, this you're is. You're absolutely right. This is from S D G H T D V H J K L. That's a name. Who says? How uh, do you know it's a lady? I didn't. I said that's a name. No. So this is says. <laughs> this is titled. Oh, it's going to be one of those shows. We're all going to catch each other out. This is all because you said swang on Monday. I don't even. I still. Just I, everyone, I stand by it. Can everyone be nice on this episode? Yeah, I yeah, found it Monday a bit stressful. Let's yeah. we'll all be nice to each other. This review says uh, Gladiator episode, uh, which is I know is uh, one of Alex's favourites, and uh, they write, uh, "Vicky, you are my spirit animal." <laughs> Experiencing full body boredom on a Sunday when you heard the word Spartacus took me back to my childhood in the 80s. So spot on. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Five stars. That's nice. Can we all be nicer to each other on this episode? Gladiator, Alex. Mm. I'll tell you what. Do you want to know something else I always think is a word and it's not? Go on. Nextly. So in a paragraph, so you say firstly, mm. and then I'll say nextly. Cool. I do that all the time. And apparently quote marks is not a word. Mm. I used to think available had a D in it until I was probably in my mid-teens. Whereabouts? I used to think it was available. Av- okay. Mm. Not not available. Just, okay. I'm, I'm just no, no, trying, trying to be an ally. No, I want to hear it. I think it's really interesting. Right, any any. I make no mistakes. Machine. <laughs> oh, Let's just get going. Right. Okay. So on Monday, Chris infamously covered Three Amigos, which means today I'm enduring the reign of madness. Let me take you on a journey. In the winter of 1969, an elite force of US Army was sent on a top-secret assignment in southeast Vietnam. The objective? Rescue Sergeant Four-Leaf Tayback from a heavily guarded NVA prison camp. The mission was considered near suicide. Of the ten men sent, four returned. Of those four, three wrote books about what happened. Of those three books, two got published. Of those two, just one got a movie deal. This is the story of the people who attempted to make that movie. 
Nice and easy. Right. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah, well done. Fair enough. Thanks for Keep much. it moving. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Let me ask you <laughs> your histories of this movie. Chris, uh, saw it at the cinema, thought it was really funny. Great That's stuff. my history. Brilliant. Perfect. Keep it moving, V. Saw it at home, fucking loved it. And I think I may have seen it about another three times. I know it's a problematic mm. and I find it very funny. To quote Jaws, I got that beat. When I <laughs> refurbished my flat, I literally decided the worst thing and I decided to live in it. So I threw all my furniture away. I had one mattress, one TV, one DVD player and the flat was being decorated and I was living in it at the same time. And I kept one DVD and it was Tropic Thunder <laughs> and it was my only DVD. The TV wasn't hooked up okay. to TV. So, so it's so either BBC I... News or Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even get BBC News. <laughs> Couldn't even get BBC News. That sounds Didn't have like... any Wi-Fi. You d- Just had a DVD player, okay. this DVD and a TV. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, so I've watched this. It's probably after Jaws and Go, my third most watched movie. <laughs> That's so weird. But some good behind-the-scenes stuff on that DVD. Great behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting some bang for your buck. <laughs> Absolutely. The Justin Theroux, uh, Werner Herzog mm. fake documentary. Funny. It's funny, yeah. <laughs> Instead of Heart of Darkness, Reign of Madness. Brilliant. It's so mm. good. So good. It's on YouTube if you haven't seen it. So, yeah, <laughs> I've watched this a lot, and I've loved this a lot. I'll tell you a bit about it. Uh, so, Ben Stiller. First started developing the idea of Tropic Thunder in 1987, a year after The Three Amigos came out. <laughs> what? What? But that's weird as well, because he was a kid, wasn't he? Yeah, was he? he not? He said it was when he was making Empire of the Sun, and he's like a kid in that. Is he? I've not, I, can't, I couldn't remember him in it. I've only seen Empire of the Sun when I was about nine, and it made me cry. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's very sad. One of my first crying memories where I was in the room with my parents, and I started crying, and I felt really embarrassed, and that's why I've got no emotions anymore. <laughs> well, it, that's it, correct. It, it messed with a lot of us, because it was, it was Steven Spielberg, so we all went to see it, and it was like, oh, no, Hooray! this is... Oh. And it's about a kid. <laughs> oh, what's he done? Yeah, yeah, he only makes happy movies like E.T., where it dies. So... Stiller was actually 22 in Empire of the Sun. Right. Uh, he's older than you think. Hello, he is, isn't he? He is. Uh, so he's 22 uh, when he's making Empire of the Sun. So he wanted mm. to make a film based on uh, the actors he knew who, after taking part in boot camps to prepare for war film roles, became self-important, self-involved, and believed they were a real military unit. Which is a very good thing to do. Yeah. Because it's the most awful thing when you hear an actor say, yeah, it was like being in a war. <laughs> <laughs> you pinnock. I, I, I pretty much know what it's like. Like to yes. be in combat. Close. It's the closest thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we had real bullets. I mean, we didn't, but we basically did. <laughs> so, uh, Justin Theroux said the initial script had actors go to a mock boot camp, boot camp and return with post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, but by the time they got to writing it much, much later, the final script uh, was allowed to involve celebrity Hollywood behind the scenes of movie making because he says people's awareness through websites like TMZ and what have you, E! News, had expanded so they could do the script they wanted to do. Casting-wise, uh, still his original plans, Keanu Reeves as Tug Speedman. Oh, really? Mm. <laughs> I quite like it. Yeah, of course. I can see it. And anything with Reeves in. And so uh, Stiller himself was going to play uh, the pecker, the Matthew McConaughey role. Uh, so Eaton Cohen is the co-writer. He'd done Idiocracy at this point. Uh, he'd go on to do MIB3. He created the role of Kirk Lazarus as a way of lampooning method actors. So Downey was approached by Stiller about the part. Downey said his first reaction about this role was, this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> To which Stiller, according to Downey, responded, 
Yeah, I know, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> Which sounds like a line from one of his movies. Uh, so Dan revealed that he modelled the character on actors Russell Crowe yeah, and Daniel Day-Lewis, the little soupçon of Colin Farrell. Really? Yeah, I can, I can sort of see that, but definitely Russell Crowe. Mostly Crow. Russell Crowe, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, he was going to be Irish, was the character, but Downey can't ad lib. But Russell Crowe's not Irish. <laughs> so that's that's Scotch, that. And Downey can't ad lib in Irish, apparently, in the Irish accent, but he can in Australian. Perfect. So he made him Australian. So, shall we get into the controversy? Yeah. I'll tell you what Downey said, first of all, uh, when he was asked about this character. At the end of the day, it's always about how well you commit to the character. If I didn't feel it was morally sound or that it would have been, it's misinterpreted. Uh, that I'm not just that I'm just C. Thomas Howell in Soul Man. Chris has talked to me about this. Yeah. I've never seen it. Have you seen it? He showed me a picture of it. Yeah, yeah. We should do it. Mm. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, it should be our live show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bye. Thanks, yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah, next live show. Uh, While well, well, people are actually in the room. Perfect. Mm. Come and talk to us after. Yeah, because I think sometimes we act like we're in some sort of impervious little cocoon here. <laughs> Just I think say if what we want. If we're going to do Soul Man, you've got to do it in front of people. I think so. Mm. I mean, just because we do a film doesn't mean we're agreeing with it, surely? Yeah, it's about giving it airtime yeah, at all. Giving okay. it a platform. But either way... Amazon have done that. It's on Prime Video. Can't <laughs> <Is it? laughs> call me out for that. A literal platform. A natural platform. A literal platform. Uh, yeah, so he said if it could have been misinterpreted that he was C. Thomas Howell in Soul Man, he would have stayed home. Uh, co-star Brandon T. Jackson... Uh, Blaze Al Pacino said of Downey's character when I first read the script I was like what? Blackface but when I saw him act he like became a black man it was just good acting it was weird on set because he would keep going with the character he's a method actor so he's a character going with a character that's wild mm. isn't it also that obviously when you're watching it you're like Eesh, okay what? Like, I am laughing at this and is that okay but it gets called out. Is it not that Hollywood is so... Al Pacino says there's one good part for a black man that gave it to you. Mm. And it's like, yes, Hollywood, you are ridiculous. Mm. So I feel, as a white person, I was like, am I comfortable? I think I do feel comfortable. That makes me have a comfort level with it. Mm. It's the R word that has not... And I never was comfortable with that. It is weird that if you're going to do this with blackface, it's like, what, are they just chucking everything at it and seeing, like, to deflect attention? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to definitely come to the R word. Uh, oh, I do wonder when I couldn't find out when Brandon T. Jackson gave that quote, and I, I wonder if still it was like Brandon. Hey, hey. get a lot of flack for this. Uh, this what would really role. help me out right now? <laughs> Could you say he's basically a black man? Is that okay? Mm. Is that too far? Yeah, I saw a quote somewhere, Danny Junior, saying that he showed it to his. African-American friends and 90% of them said, yeah, that's fine. It's like, you're not, you know, it's, I've got lots of black friends. Don't it's that kind that, of yeah, argument, isn't bad. it? Yeah. Uh, Stiller said uh, of Downey Jr. playing a black character, when people see the movie in the context of the film, he's playing a method actor who's gone to great lengths to play a black guy. The movie is skewering actors and how they take themselves so seriously. So that's Stiller's angle. We he's, get that. Yeah. yeah. He, stay, he previewed it, uh, he said he previewed it for the NAACP 
and several, uh, it is a quote, several black journalists reacted positively to the character. Okay. Mm. Uh, the Academy agreed with yes. Mr. Stiller's take yep. because, and I had forgotten this. You think. said I was wrong last I week. I yeah. said this in the pub that I'm sure Danny Jr. got nominated for an Oscar and you sort of laughed at me. I couldn't yeah, believe it. No. <laughs> well, I think we're all like, oh, we should have done because, but the comedy never, no, that didn't happen. But yeah. yes. And nominated for an Oscar. I lost uh, to... Heath Ledger, who won for the Dark Knight, uh, post. Oh, there is that one of them. That's one of my words. <laughs> I don't know why I was going to even try it. <laughs> Do it post- posthumously. 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 Yeah, so that's one of mine. Good. See, we're being nice now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're welcoming each other's flaws. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what <a> dummy! <laughs> wow, wow! You'll be using the R word by the end. Uh, right, the actor, uh, the actor and uh, recording artist Moss Def was going to be cast as Al Pacino, but he wanted him to be an R and B singer, and the writers disagreed. Um, apparently, the real life Al Pacino, according to Stiller. Very happy with uh, the joke in this. Ben Stiller's words were, uh, he was tickled. Oh, my God. By this. I'd love to tickle him. Roger really tickled me. You wouldn't. I've got got a story for later about him. Oh, what, the real Al Pacino? And he doesn't... We'll do it in the pub. Is he just not ticklish? Pointless. (laughs) What a story. By the way, uh, interviewed Al once. uh, And it over. Not ticklish. He was like, tickle me. See if you can make me smile. Huh? Go on. Do your best, Chris. Get right under the arms. Go on. Tickle me. See nothing. Nothing. Al Pacino is not tickling. Take that away with you. You let the other journalists know. Oh, Vicky. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let there be no doubt. I think last week I was mean to you about your impressions. I take it back. No, we've always liked his Al Pacino. I do like Al Pacino. Right, right back to Carlito's way. <laughs> oh, that's an episode. Uh, so when Stella decided he was going to play Tug Speedman instead of Keanu Reeves, he vacated the Pecker role and offered it to Tom Cruise. So Tom right. Cruise was going to play Tug Speedman's agent, but Cruise... Cruise. Cruise said, no, create no. this character, a studio head. I want to play Do you know I can head. dance? I did not know. Well, watch this. <laughs> so literally, Stella talks about how Les Grossman is pretty much entirely Cruise's creation. Right. Uh, especially having interviewed Cruise and played in this clip and talked, uh, go and talk to me about it. It's like, the fat hands were my idea. <laughs> the fat arms. And Stella apparently said, what are you doing? And he's like, just trust me. <laughs> this is what I want to do. I want to play it like this. You got real pretty hands, fat boy. But again, Cruz's character is not without controversy as well. Um, some have said uh, that the Jewish character, Les Grossman, is anti-Semitic because Tom Cruise is not Jewish and the character Les Grossman is clearly Jewish because he references the Jewish holiday of Purim. Um, critics at the time called it Jewface. Uh, vulgar and exploitative were used. Uh, but other Jewish writers, uh, one from the St. Louis Jewish Light, said... Uh, of Tropic Thunder, Jewface was a riff on the practice of blackface and is no way near its equivalent. Okay. Yeah, everything about this movie had controversy surrounding yeah. it because we're coming to the big one now. Uh, so after Cruz became Les Grossman, Owen Wilson was cast as Pecker, uh, but after his apparent suicide attempt in 2007, he dropped out and Matthew McConaughey took that role. So here we are. The final one, the R word. Disability advocacy groups, including the Special Olympics, objected to the film's repeated use of the R-word. DreamWorks offered to screen the film for the groups on August the 8th to determine if it still offended them. 
It absolutely did. Yeah, like, this is amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, well, let, let us show you it in context. Yeah, it's fucking awful. It's still bad. <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> Why have you shown us do this? Do you want our feedback? Not really, the but weird... we do want to say we've shown it to you. Is that okay? The weird thing was, uh, they, the studio, <laughs> the studio set up a screening and then they moved the screening to the day before the premiere, like to put it as close to when the film was coming out. Right. So that it didn't sort of sit in the ether for like oh, weeks in advance. Right. So yeah, um, Stillers defended the film, stating, We screened the movie so many times and this didn't come up until very late. In the context of the film, I think it's really clear they were making fun of the actors and actors who tried to use serious subjects to win awards, referencing Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man, Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump and Sean Penn in I Am Sam. It's all true. However, we're supposed to like Tug and we're supposed to think he's a good guy. We're supposed to think Kirk is a prick. So his use of blackface, like, you're, you're, the, you're a prick and you've done that and that's why. We're supposed to root for Tug. So when he's talking about... But is it not that Tug is so stupid? Like, because obviously the character is meant to be stupid. Is it his naivety and his just, you know, moronical? Yeah. Uh, is it that that we're sort of, you're sort of going, this is a guy who doesn't realise that... How bad that is. Yeah. I guess that it's just the fact that everyone in the film is using it multiple times, the R word. Yeah. It just it normalises it in, in a way that that's the point that these people are making, that you, you can't do that. Or we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Get the joke, but I feel like they over-egg it here. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. Well, we'll come to it when we get to that scene. Uh, so I'm going to leave the last word and the most recent word on all the controversy surrounding this movie to Stiller. Uh, because uh, it is still being talked about. People still talk about the controversy. Someone on Twitter sent Ben Stiller a message telling him, <clears throat> excuse me, to stop apologising for the film. I'll read what they sent him. Please stop apologising for doing this movie. It was and still is funny as fuck. Even funnier now with cancel culture the way it is. It's a movie. Y'all can just get over it. I was dying laughing when I first saw it back in the day and so was everyone else. A small minority of people get up in arms about simple stuff and all of a sudden they're trying to make people apologise for it. If you do it, they win. It now gives them more power to keep doing it. Right is the tweet that was sent to Stiller, who then replied, I make no apologies for Tropic Thunder. It's always been a controversial movie since we opened. Proud of it and the work everyone did on it. Okay. Okay. That's his final word. I wouldn't have responded to that No, I wouldn't. That's just like an unhinged fucking... You see, his... I, until I sort of... On Twitter, on Wikipedia rather... They win? Gross. It does... The person who sent it does not feel like a good person. No, like, I know. The idea of... Because when you sort of go, still has said, I'm not apologising for it. That's fine. Yeah. But when you read what triggered him, it's yeah. like, do you want to be in bed with yeah. that person? No, exactly. Yeah. What uh, it, you know, because one of those people is the guy who runs the Special Olympics who says, we're just trying to say that hate speech is no longer acceptable. Yeah. That's not they. <laughs> That's not them. <laughs> He's on the side of right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you people. What do you mean, you people? Uh, one of the most expensive comedies ever made. Uh, the eighth most expensive comedy ever made at $92 million. Uh, Would you like to have a guess at some of the higher ones? Does Men in Black count as a comedy? Men in Black 3 does. Yes, that then. Well, that's, the, that's the number one. That is the most expensive comedy ever made. There we go. Is Hangover 3 one of them? No, Hangover 3 is not one of them. Uh, shall I give you the rundown? Yeah, yeah go on. All right, so at number two. So one is Men in Black 3. Number two, Evan Almighty. Gold. Oh, yeah, of that, course. One of the biggest oh, flops of all time yeah. as well. Absolutely. Uh, Barbie's got to be up there. 
No, Barbie's not. It is. Oh, actually, it's one of the most maybe. maybe. Yeah, this list was done before then. Ah, uh, I'm right. It, how much was Barbie? Was it a lot of money? Okay. Uh, how do you know? Have you ever seen that Paul oh, yes. Rudd, James L. Brooks disaster of Never a movie? Yeah, just spent, they paid everyone too much money on that one. Is that where the money went? Yeah. It's it not was, set in space, is it? No, it's, Nich- isn't Nicholson in it? Yeah, Jack Nicholson, yeah. Paul Rudd, Owen Wilson, Reese Witherspoon. Jack James Nicholson's going to screw you. <laughs> cost uh, cost 120 million to make, 49 million at the box Yikes. office. Ouch. Pixels. Mm. I mean, oh, a, of course. A lot of these massively <clears throat> budgeted comedies also are big flops. Uh, but Pixels weren't a massive flop. Uh, Land of the Lost. Yes. Fun with Dick and Jane. Right. <laughs> Is it number six in Sex and the City 2? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so those are your most expensive comedies ever made. Uh, this did quite well, though. Uh, on a budget of 92 million, uh, 200 million at the box office. Shall we go for a movie? Yeah, yeah please. Okay, great. Uh, so... The famous opening. Can uh, I can I stop you there? <laughs> uh, I watched it on Sky, and beforehand they had to have a warning. Mm. I bet. Uh, film includes outdated attitudes, outdated language, cultural depictions. It goes on and on and on, and then it ends with viewer discretion. So, hi Sky, this is Ben Stiller. <laughs> Take that fucking shit down. I'm I not, not apologising. I am not apologising for this movie. I got a lovely, lovely message on Twitter from a fan. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we get that, and then we get into Al Pacino, first of all. I'm drinking up your booty sweater, busting a nut. Uh, it's quite grim, really, mm. now, uh, but sure, I get what and, it's setting up for later. And yeah. doubtless confusing for certain cinema audiences who didn't know what they were coming to watch or, or didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Because uh, if you haven't had the viewer discretion, which they wouldn't have, yes. this could just come straight after the advert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pop an ass open. Because <laughs> it's not like he's super famous, that guy. That no. could be, you'll be like, what? Yep. Yep. Uh, so that's the first one. Then we get into, oh, Scorcher. <laughs> no one saw it coming. Three more times. <laughs> so the Earth's rotation has stopped five times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who left the fridge open? <laughs> brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. But nothing's better than Scorcher 6, Global Meltdown. Here we go again. <laughs> Again, I love that line so much. Uh, so that's the first one. Then we're doing a, basically a, a riff on the Nutty Professor 2, the yep, Clumps. 100%. Um, Jeff Portnoy, Jeff Portnoy, Jeff Portnoy, and Jeff Portnoy. <laughs> the Fatties Part 2. Brilliant. Uh, oh, would we do that now? Probably another one to no, add to the list. That's, yeah, add, add it to the list, the list, Al. Jesus Christ. Wikipedia needs a new section. Yeah. We can start it. On Clash the Titles, they said that this is inappropriate. <laughs> Citation needed. Yeah. Ben Stiller's responded. <laughs> Fuck you. I will not apologise for fat jokes. Uh, so, Toby Maguire cameos in the next one. Excellent. Uh, oh, do you think this is funny? No, I, I just like the fact it's Toby Maguire. Oh, yeah, fair enough. That's I like the skewering of, like, the, you know, gay for pay thing, but I don't think the trailer is funny enough. It's... I guess the title is the punchline, yes. and the title is quite good. It is funny. <laughs> Satan's Alley. Satan's Alley's good. I, I like the whispering, I've been a bad boy father. <laughs> At the end, that tickles me. I've been a bad boy father. Really like that. And so Danny said he was amazed Maguire would agree to do the film uh, because uh, he says uh, he was just surprised. And it was a karmic payoff for their scenes together in 2000's film Wonder Boys uh, because he had a one-night stand with Maguire's character in that. That is a brilliant film. Wonder Boys? Yeah. That's Michael Douglas? Yes. Yeah, I've not seen it. Brilliant. Okay. Let's do it. All right, great. Uh, <laughs> I do like the. I mean, I do like the fact that it's five-time award winner Kirk Lazarus, Academy Award winner Kirk Lazarus. MTV Movie Award <laughs> Best Kiss winner, Toby Maguire. Uh, and then we are into the movie itself. Uh, 
how cool does it look watching a comedy that looks this freaking yeah, good. good. Really that good. helicopter shot at the start. Uh, so they filmed it in Hawaii uh, because it was the, the right location and absolutely not because Ben Stiller has a house there. <laughs> Definitely not that. God, I'm going to be away on a shoot for... I'll just pop home. <laughs> pop home for lunch. Yeah, uh, he says he, he scouted uh, Hawaii uh, he scouted island. scouted his street and went, this will do. <laughs> so he was like, <laughs> yeah. 25 hours over six weeks exploring the island and then going home. That's, <laughs> that's just walking out your front door, Ben. It's like, God, oh, really, really scouted this movie hard <laughs> and then went home. Uh, so... Apparently, it was quite a tough shoot. There were centipede bites. Okay. Nasty, nasty business. Food poisoning. People required hospitalisation. You're basically a guest of Ben Stiller. You've got food poisoning. It's like, what's happened? <laughs> Not Ben. He's gone home for his meal. Yeah, why do people go on holiday to Hawaii then? It sounds awful. It does. I'm bit by centipede. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, handed out T-shirts after the 13-week shoot there, saying, I survived Ben Stiller's comedy death camp. <laughs> well, then they don't really get what the film's about, do they? <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the joke of the film. Then <laughs> uh, we get this crazy battle scene. Limbs flying everywhere, blood spurting, Jay Barrichell's intestines are out. What am I even looking at? Uh, I love this. Me it's too. great. It's great. Uh, then we see Four Leaf played by, well, Tug Speedman. Um, it's the Willem Dafoe joke from Platoon, played for laughs. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Love it. Hands blown off by a grenade. And then we see Downey being just brilliant he's so good yeah he is he's so good very committed very committed <laughs> also so good although playing very much himself Danny McBride yeah yeah. he doesn't change does he no now that's C4 put that back <laughs> great uh, Coogan as Damien Cockburn <laughs> Cockburn. I mean, that's I always know. funny, is I it? I didn't not? know that. One of the greatest names it's ever. It's so good. Damien Cockburn. <laughs> Bill Hader's in here. I mean, this is stacked as a cast. Bill Hader's there, being great. I, I, I remember talking to Coogan once about his Hollywood career, and he was saying, I don't think Hollywood knows how to use me, or I don't know how to do what they want me to do. I feel it here. Like, I don't find Coogan very funny here, and I'm a big Steve Coogan fan, but... Yeah, we know. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't, think it, I don't think it works. I think they should have gone in a different direction with the director. I think the British auteur thing, like, I get it, yeah, but it, is it a well-enough-known trope that you only get who he is later when he's like, and now we're going to do it for real, gentlemen, yeah. and all of that. But by that point, you're like, I don't understand why you're in this. And, and I guess not everyone has to be funny, but you're sort of an expectation that Coogan's oh, going to yeah, be course. funny and yeah. it's interesting because the other guys he pops up in the other guys and you do have that moment where you're like oh brilliant Steve yeah. Coogan and in that movie as well it's just he's given no. nothing to do no and that's when he was done I think he said to me it was around that time he was like I'm not going to do this anymore and he's gone back to making comedy dramas in the UK that pay less but I guess uh, play to his talents and yeah. also a bit Everybody more creatively loves. satisfying yeah and you're just happy he's home right it's good to have him back it's good to have him back yeah as long as I don't have to interview him. Have you never interviewed him? No, I have. Oh. I don't want to have to do it again. Was it not? <laughs> oh, don't meet your heroes, you know? God, that's awful, because you love Partridge so much. Was he not very nice to you? It's quite a difficult interview. This conversation I had with him was in a bar, which was much easier, just having a chat. But in an interview, he's just very guarded and doesn't okay. really want to... Doesn't want to have a laugh. Mm. Uh, so, Tug can't cry. Tug Speedman cannot cry. And he's like, should, should, should Osiris be crying in this scene? He's like, so now we're in rewrites. Right. Uh, and then, obviously, they blow up the jungle mm-hmm. in a wonderful explosion. And McBride gets to say, Mother Nature just pissed her pants. Pantsuit. 
pantsuit. That's why it's so funny. Yeah, he says Mother oh, Nature just pissed her pantsuit, <laughs> which is so brilliant. That is better. Alex, did, Alex didn't get it. It's didn't okay. get it. I know he's going to do every line of this film, yeah. but you've got to get him right if you're going to. That's why it's so funny because pissed her pants is like normal stuff, but the fact that Mother Nature, because a pantsuit is like a powerful thing, like a. Well, it's what she, a woman would wear. It is, yeah. She's a mother. A She's, woman would wear a, a one. A woman would wear, yes. <laughs> That's the joke. Yep. But the idea. All right, I didn't get a fucking joke. Mother Nature just pissed her pants is still funny, but yours is funnier. It's not mine, it's not yours, it's Danny McBride. Screenwriters. screenwriters. Well, do we know? I imagine. I imagine a lot of Danny McBride's stuff is his stuff. Yeah. You get that feel. Just write, Danny McBride speaks here. I, I, I know this character so well because it's me. <laughs> uh, it's not him. Sorry, he's him very, very clever. And he's very good in Alien Covenant where he plays a dialed down version of Danny McBride. <laughs> <laughs> I love Danny McBride. I'm not being arch. He's now, great. he's funny to interview. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, love him. Love him. Uh, so, yeah, we get Jack Black as Jeff Portnoy. He's uh, This is the E! News section, so we find out a little bit more about each of them. A heroin, glue and crack possession. Uh, Downey is basically Russell Crowe. Uh, being an actor is no different to being a rugby player or a construction worker because he's got <laughs> to be manly. So good. Got yeah. to be manly because he's an Aussie Everything guy. about the fact that he's sat side on, so he's like, I'm not even going to look at you. I'm so casual. Yeah. I just think it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and it's a good way of get, chucking a lot of exposition in without narration. Yeah, and I don't mind it. <laughs> that is fine. Absolutely fine. It's fine. It's a treat. Bish bash bosh. Uh, we see uh, Tug in a Tyra interview. Somebody close to you said, one more flop and it's over. Somebody said they were close to me. <laughs> so good. So good. And there uh, we have it. Simple Jack. We see him for the first time. So McConaughey playing mm. the pecker. You asked me what I can't spell. Uh, this week, for the first time ever, I've spelt McConaughey correctly without checking. Have you? Yeah. I always, I just put, M, I put check, MMC. Check that shit out. Where? What is that even? What word is that even? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Wow. I cannot spell McConaughey. Uh, no, that's the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't even say that either. Uh, McElhenney. Is it McElhenney? Yeah. Great. Good to know. Uh, so, I, I, I watched the director's cut of this. I'm going to say it now. And I, there's a bit where the pecker is looking at a book full of boobs. Yes, I saw that bit. Didn't yeah. get that joke. No, that I didn't get it. Confused either. me. Whatever. Just a weird bit. Uh, and then... <laughs> Oh, I didn't check this. My fault. TiVo must have sponsored this movie, right? I don't know. I mean, it was a big deal back in 2008. Yeah. I found this. I was. I watched it at the time and I was working at the agency the and I found this hilarious. The fact that TiVo saves the day. Yeah. They must have had some involvement. That's what I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, I just think. think it's absolutely perfect. All of this agency stuff is so yeah, very funny. Yeah, of course. Funny. This is your, your former job. Yeah. So I'm watching that and being in that, obviously it's nothing like my job. It's nothing like his job. But just the idea that you would go to the mats for one line in a contract. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Notwithstanding. <laughs> yes, that's true. Notwithstanding, oh fuck, we haven't got team <laughs> I thought notwithstanding meant definitely. Yes, I do think, I do think that. Uh, we find out that Tug's been trying to adopt. How's the adoption thing coming? I think all the good ones are gone. <laughs> Oh, of course, he does get a kid at the end. Yeah, really? of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Set up, pay off. And then we meet him. We meet him, Les Grossman. Tom Cruise on a video call. <laughs> this is your fault, you limey fuck. Mm. You shit the money bed, my friend. <laughs> he is phenomenal in this movie. Limey fuck, I like. Yeah. I'd like, if my American friend, feel free to call me that. 
it's just a, it's just a quiet and loud thing that he does. It's like you oh, know yeah. when Nick Nolte pipes up and he goes, "You're a great American. The nation owes you a huge debt." Now shut the fuck up and <laughs> yeah. let me do my job. Amazing, perfect. Uh, and Nolte's spit take of the apple is perfect there as well. And having met some of these producers, as you have, Alex, like there's a couple that you're like, mm, "I'm talking to Les Grossman here. Uh, I'm not going to say them by name." Yeah, no, don't, don't. <laughs> Very powerful. Are they not people. in prison? I'm confused. No, no, I'm still doing very well, actually. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they've weathered some stories, but they are still they are still in the wild, free. I guess he worked with um, Don Simpson as well, right. who we can talk about in this context because yeah. he's no longer with us, but I'm sure there's... <laughs> Do we want to? <laughs> he's, he's dead, so let's pile in. Oh, it's Don Simpson, yeah. Alex. I know, Come I just, on. just finished High Concept. I know your you recommendation. Have. A phenomenal book if you haven't read it, but yeah. A life... Lived. Uh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> a life lived hard. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, no doubt Cruz has definitely borrowed some of these traits from people he has worked with. Um, and we are now at the break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk through a scene that is on the director's cut. And it's going to be very boring. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So as I said, there's a scene in the director's cut. So this party scene, the right, crew this party. This is the first time I've seen yes. this. Yes, you, t- you, you, you told me about this. So, uh, so it's just it, you just get a little bit more backstory in all the characters. I really like the longer version. Uh, I like spending time at this party. This is an hour and forty-seven minutes long already. How long is the long version? Two just hours. over two hours. Yeah, come on, lads. Mm, I know. Yeah, I know. Comedy. You know the argument that comedy should only be ninety minutes long. Really, people only have so much laughter to give. But yeah, I like this party. Damien walks around party trying to gather up his actors for a cast meeting no one gives a fuck and no one will engage with him apart from Barachel who clearly cares a lot Portnoy we get to actually see him super high for once which is great and then we're into the shack on the beach with Four Leaf telling Coogan to basically shoot it gorilla style and here we are we're out we're in the jungle cell phones hand in your cell phones (laughs) Downey there were no cell phones in 69 man I'm head to toe (laughs) legitimate Brilliant. Uh, the chopper is God and I am Jesus Christ. And then Damien explodes with a, oh, that's very Coogan. It Excellent. Is, yeah. Yep. Superb. That's his best bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, we get Damien's head on the end of a bayonet. 
corn syrup. Yeah, that's Warm, pretty funny. Blood favourite yeah. corn syrup. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I've seen Stiller do variations of that joke a lot, but it's funny <laughs> yeah. where he's he's completely wrong but can, convinced he's correct. <laughs> yeah. 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 What is this? What is this? Uh, an acting centre for ants? Brilliant. Can't remember. He's still no, still knows exactly what he's good at. I think. Yeah. I think he's he's a he's a master at just a very specific kind of humour. Hundred uh, percent. So we get Danny having a bit of downtime with Nolte. Tropic Thunder's kind of like my catcher in the rye. Right? <laughs> Uh, uh, we get uh, Kirk saying, I don't drop character till I've done the DVD commentary. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. does the DVD commentary in character as Ooh. Osiris on the actual DVD. Ooh, does he? Did yep. you listen to it? Uh, I didn't, know. Yeah, you're not allowed to anymore. Yep, exactly. There's a, there was a long warning beforehand that's longer than the commentary. <laughs> and then at the Which he end, does in character. Yeah, a, it still pops up going, I don't apologise! <laughs> Enjoy the commentary. Uh, then uh, they fire their blanks, but because there's pyrotechnics in the jungle, they fire at the uh, uh, red dragon. Golden dragon? Red dragon? I can't remember. Anyway, the bad guys. Uh, and then Danny McBride blows up the jungle with the famous line, Big ass titties! <laughs> just makes me laugh. Only Danny McBride can be that crude. And I go, yep, perfect. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and cut. That's the trailer right there. Uh, Jeff spills his drugs. We get Jeff now. I find it quite difficult to watch Jack Black coming down off drugs because he goes so red. Yeah. And it looks really, like, he looks ill. Yes, And he, he looks so edgy, and it makes me edgy watching him. I agree. It's still quite funny, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. The tree bit is funny. The tree bit is funny. Yeah, I'm fine now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can untie me. Uh, then we get this famous conversation, which I cannot repeat here, obviously, mm. uh, between Osiris and Tug, or Kirk and Tug, whichever. Downey and Stiller, fuck. And they're talking about him going full R word. Yes. Uh, once they drop the R word stuff, it's quite funny. Like the whole thing, you know, where Tug's going, I had to free myself up, believe it was okay to be stupid and dumb. Mm. And Downey's like, to be a moron. Yeah, <laughs> to be moronical. Exactly, to be a moron. I do an imbecile. the, the yeah. Kirk's of about the distance, the aesthetic distance between you and the audience and you haven't, you know, you haven't allowed a space for them to, and all of that actual acting the theory. The craft, yeah. yeah. which I've got no idea about, mm. is brilliant to hear and, and it, I found it funny. Yeah, and it's funny when still is worrying that he, he, he wouldn't find his way back. <laughs> like, that's just funny. And also, I mean, I really appreciate the fact they go after I Am Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've yeah, never, right. And I've never seen that movie, but the trailer made me feel so physically yes. sick at the time. That what I, the I, fuck I, are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I will never watch that film. So the the intentions are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows you don't go full R word. Um, but the funny thing... says you don't buy that. Ask Sean Penn 2001. I am Sam. The funny thing, you know, we're talking about this and the, and the problem, and, and yet this is not that long ago, and that was the clip. That was your Oscar clip. Was it? Yeah, it's funny how quickly, you know, things change. And we're like, nah, that's just not acceptable. Like, Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, McBride, mm. still being great. <laughs> I almost blinded Jamie Lee Curtis on the set of Freaky <laughs> Friday. This shit will fucking ruin me. <laughs> uh, it's great. He's so good. Oh so good. Uh, yeah. Then uh, we find out Four Leaf has hands. Uh, <laughs> it was all an act. Uh Lazarus and Stiller are having a tug of war. Stiller and Downey are having a tug of war over Jay Baruchel's character. Uh, Lazarus says he'll put Kevin in a movie he's making about Abe Lincoln and John Wilkes Booth when they were young. Uh, <laughs> tug says he'll get him the Teen Choice Award. <laughs> Bat steals Jeff Portnoy's drugs. Uh, tug says, uh, what's wrong with you people? And Osiris says, 
What do you mean, you people? Yeah. And Al Pacino goes, what do you mean, yeah. you people? That's brilliant. Great. Yes. Fantastic. Um, Osiris distracts Tug by saying how shredded he is, like Rambo in Rambo 2, uh, and then they get lost. Uh, we hear Sympathy for the Devil, the greatest Vietnam movie song, war movie song ever. Uh, Tug leaves. Uh, we get Jay ranting about <laughs> it's a funny button on this jay uh, baruchel is talking about the rise of blu-rays uh, <laughs> this was because jay baruchel was talking about this on set and still was like we'll put that in the movie yeah good uh, because of the button where he goes were you talking to me this whole time <laughs> uh we get downey jr saying i could collar up some of those greens noodle some crawfish out on the paddy maybe some crab apples for dessert yes it's good it's good and it's good here because al pacino finally calls him out on that uh tug kills a panda uh, mm. and then he has to speak to his agent he goes oh, i love that i, I, I love it I when he's like thing. here's what you do i just think that's so good <laughs> uh, i killed the thing i love most in the world you killed a hooker get your hands on some bleach hydrogen peroxide and a shitload of lime a panda amanda that, dude, that's probably not even her real name it's just his stillness i love matthew mcconaughey so much the side shot and the stillness here's what you're doing amanda's not even her real name he's so brilliant in this i'm in love with him and uh, we get some more brilliant danny mcbride uh where he finds out that uh four leaf uh, wasn't even uh, in the military he says i was in the service the Coast Guard, Sanitation Department. I wrote the book as a tribute. I'm a patriot. You're the Milli Vanilli of patriots. <laughs> Lying about fighting in the Vietnam War is like punching the American flag in the face. <laughs> Danny fucking McBride. Right then, I've told you about Jeff Portnoy coming down and looking ill. God. Uh, they suggest he has some booty sweat. Osiris says, yeah, get him chug of some of, chugging some of Alpha's ass water. That'll sort him out. They, uh, you said this earlier. They had one good part for a black man and they gave it to Crocodile Dundee. Pump your brakes, kid. That man's a national treasure. I'm sorry a dingo ate your baby. You know, that's a true story. You're about to cross some fucking lines. And then Osiris, uh, then Alper, Chino uses the N-word and Osiris slaps him. Yes. Yeah. That's big. It is. It is. <laughs> it it's, is a, it's, a, it's a metaphorical and literal big swing. Mm. Yeah, it is. And then gives him the speech, you know, the 400 years speech. Yeah. And all a lot rests on Al Pacino's reaction to that, and he, all he gets is to look a bit bemused. Mm. And I wonder about that. Like he would be entitled to have a big character moment, which sets this person in his place. Yeah. But it keeps it light. So I don't know. It's interesting that later, where Downey says to Brandon C. Jackson's character, he says, uh, "We're cool now, though." Yeah. And he goes, "We are not <laughs> so not cool." Yeah. You know. So he hasn't forgiven him. It's like you know, because you sort of think that's going to be the. Oh, okay, but it's not. It's absolutely not. Tug still thinks he's in a movie at the POW camp. Uh, Jay Baruchel monologues about Rennie Harlan being a great director. I love that. <laughs> it's good. Uh, you can imagine that. It's very Jay Baruchel as well. Yeah. So, the Red Dragon. God, I need to look it up. What are they freaking called? They are called Flaming, Flaming Dragon. Dragon. Thank you. Flaming Dragon. Uh, they love Simple Jack. And uh, they say, uh, you should have won the Oscar. Well, just to be nominated. <laughs> you were nominated? No, I mean, just to be nominated would have been nice. Great writing. Great writing. Les Grossman is back uh, being awesome because Matthew McConaughey visits his office to get Tug his TiVo. Uh, look, fuck stick, I'm incredibly busy. Why don't you get the hell out of here before I snap your dick off and jam it into your ass? No, no, not you, Helen. But I will rip your tits off if you don't get me those theatres. Have you just written down the whole script? Yeah. <laughs> 
This is weird. <laughs> you just didn't. You're performing the whole movie. Well, well, I don't really know what else there is to do other than reference just how well written and funny this movie is. I think is. this section you get a bit of a pass. Let's um, gross when you get to quote. I mean, what is it oh, about? Literally, fuck your yeah, own yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. also excellent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, listen, Flaming Dragon. Fuck face. First, take a big step back and literally fuck your own face. Brilliant. Uh, more quotes coming up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we see Tug now doing Simple Jack at the POW camp, or what he thinks is the POW camp, the heroin processing plant. Uh, they're going to have to rescue him, though. Oh, wait, there's the other Les Grossman bit. It's so brilliant where he goes... He goes, why don't I send you... Because they're asking for 100 million. Go, the price is now 100 million. He goes, why 100 million? Why don't I send you some hobo's dick cheese? Nice. Gross. <laughs> uh, and then he slams down the fingers to the room. He goes, yes! We don't negotiate with terrorists. Oh, no, the best bit is because he's screaming fuck yourself in the face or whatever, blah, 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 yeah. growing bananas. And then he puts the phone down and says to his assistant really calmly, could you find out who they are? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, half squat... Gives Tug a twig Oscar. Uh, <laughs> Al Pacino reveals that he's in love with someone called Lance. Um, we get this uh, reveal that he's a gay man. Uh, what do you think of this? I don't like that. It's not very well done. because He's it, laughing at him being gay. That's Isn't it weird? I yeah. think cause it's a lot of uh, Jack Black's does, lines does here. Does Benson think it's funny to be gay? Like, I don't get it. He, I think it's the fact that Jack Black starts offering him quite crude oral sex yeah. to release him from the tree. The assumption being, oh, if you're gay, that's what you want. And I think that's yeah. a bit... I don't know. He's just like, oh, you know, what's this person's name that you're in love with? It's Lance. And we're all supposed to go, ha ha, right. you're gay. Mm. And I, that's not, so... Uh, thankfully, though, uh, any sort of awkwardness is saved by Robert Downey Jr. speaking Mandarin. Did you have the subtitles on? Did I? Yes, mm. I did. Uh, how about some of these? If you read the subtitles... There was no subtitles because I had all... I had my... Subtitles on the TV, so it didn't put up his subtitles. I had to go back and watch it again. Okay. And I'm glad I did. I have shrimp for your daughter. <laughs> yeah. Greetings to you, tiny ant king. <laughs> <laughs> I found this pale eel scavenging like a catfish in my rice paddy. I need electrolytes for my pea brain, which is constipated. <laughs> and my favourite, my face looks like a koi fish stuck inside almond cookie. <laughs> a lot of fish references. <laughs> uh, and then the big fight. They storm the base. Tog is now gone full Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. So good. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Jack Black fights a child. Uh, Danny McBride blows shit up. It looks very cool. You can see money's been spent here. Mm. Purple smoke. And, yeah. and, that, and that cocaine must have cost a bit. <laughs> There's loads of it. Yep. Uh, and then Osiris tries to reprogram Tug, but undoes himself. I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Good. Uh, and then Kirk emerges from all his characters, uh, like the T-1000, <laughs> recreating all its forms at the end of T-2. Hmm. Uh, we get some brilliant action. Uh, then Tug says, I'm staying. Mm. I have a connection. I have a son now. I'm going to go talk to them. I got this. That little, he does that. It's such a little character note where he's like, you stay and look after the boys. I've got this. And he does a little run like <laughs> that, like a hero run. It's just mm. a tiny thing. It's, but it's you, so funny. You tell the world what happened here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Beat. I was wrong. Blow the fucking bridge. <laughs> yeah, the kid's stabbing him. <laughs> and uh, the end of the movie is TiVo saving the day. Yeah, I forgot that bit weird. Weird. Yeah. yeah. And then we're off to the Oscars. Uh, the nominees for Best Actor are 
Sean Penn, Toby Maguire, John Voigt and Tom Hanks. John Voigt, they actually got him in the audience there. He's there. Uh, Jason bet, Bateman's behind him. Oh, yeah. I bet Sean Penn didn't like this film because he doesn't feel like he's got that much of a sense of humour about himself. No. <laughs> yeah. so they take him out at the start of the film by yeah. doing I'm Sam and then they've got him nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Unless he really is just a really humble... He's Funny not, guy. He's not. He's not. <laughs> no, spoiler, he's not. Yeah. He's a dick. <laughs> Your words. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you saw, oh, you, it would be great to see a few more stars. Uh, I, I'd like that. I mean, it's not, In I'm, the I'm, credits, it's like Alicia Silverson's there and people that, but oh, I didn't see any I only of those saw people. John Voigt, Jason Bateman and Jennifer Love Hewitt as obviously as yes. Jay Baruchel's and date. Lance Bass. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, Tropic Blunder, the true story behind the making of the most expensive fake true war story ever. Uh, and then, obviously, the end. It's worth waiting for. Oh, yeah. Possibly hmm. one of the greatest credit sequences in the history of credit sequences. <laughs> it, it was a big moment in the cinema. Oh, my God. It I laughed my it, head it off. Brought, it brought the house down. Yep. I, I used to rewatch just this credit yes, sequence. Me too. <laughs> Ludacris, get back with Tom Cruise. And then dancing. didn't he do it live with Jennifer Lopez? He did. He did at some awards show. She was doing a song and he came out and did the dance. It's like Ricky Gervais doing the dance. (laughs) Oh, my God. The first time I ever saw Ricky when he was doing Animals at the Bloomsbury Theatre. It's one of his first ever shows uh, of Animals. And it was just madness because people... He was doing stand-up because obviously he's a stand-up now. Yeah. Uh, But people just weren't... They were like... Weren't having it, yeah. Like people at the Mm. end as he walked off stage were shouting, Do the dance! I paid money! They couldn't separate the idea that Ricky Gervais wasn't David Brent and why he wasn't doing the fucking dance. Madness. Uh, There's a talk of a... I mean, I just... Again. Just say it. I don't see it happening. There is talk of a Les Grossman spin-off movie. Apparently it's with Chris McQuarrie and Tom Cruise now, the ability to do this. Just no. I just don't see it happening. No. I'd watch it, but then I think I'd be disappointed because I think he works great in small doses. I don't know whether he could sport a whole movie. He'd have to have a character arc, and the the arc could just be becoming nice, and that's not what you want to see. Yeah. So... Or ripping Helen's tits off to get those theatres. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, a nutless monkey could do your job. Uh, and that's it. We're done. Uh, that was the script for Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Beautifully done. As read by Alex Zane. Hello. That's our first ever live reading. <laughs> I think it works. I think it's, that's that was, easy money, really, isn't it? It was an afternoon off for me. <laughs> uh, I don't know why we don't do that more. <laughs> Uh, right then, uh, shall we do, as Chris likes to call them, the bits and bobs? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, v. Right. 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 Uh, I was going to, let me, uh, uh, nice sorry. to ask the please, question. Please finish, yeah, go on. V, what's your <laughs> best scene? So, I like the ending when the end becomes the beginning of the real film. I think that's very clever, but not too clever. But if I'm, so I wrote that first and I was like, do you know what, I'm lying to myself. What I absolutely love is Len Grossman talking to Peck and about the G5 and watching Matthew McConaughey's face as he realises how evil this man is. Have I been calling him Les Grossman? Is it Len Grossman? I think... It's, it's... Les. Oh, oh right. sorry, Les then. Um, Les Grossman. The G5 bit. The G5 bit. But watching McConaughey's face where he's like, you're evil and it's a smart <laughs> cut. I think it's... Better. And obviously you've just had like the Floor Rider song there as well, which is phenomenal. So that's my favourite bit. Chris, best scene. Uh, Steve Coogan exploding. Really? Yeah, because it's a surprise and it's a good moment for the film because it it seems to suggest all bets are off now. Anything can happen. Mm. Uh, 
for me, it's the credits uh, with Tom Cruise dancing to Ludacris. That's the correct answer. It's <laughs> just incredible. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, so that's my best scene. Uh, what or who is your most valuable whatever, Chris? Well, because the dance is the best scene in the film, I'm going for Tom Cruise for giving that dance a go. <laughs> He's oh, not more my fa- than giving it a go. He's not my favourite dancer in the world. I've discussed this before in our cocktail episode, but he gives it a good go. He's an incredible dancer. Think of how weighed down he'd be by those prosthetic arms as well. No, V, uh, who or what is your most valuable whatever? I flip-flopped. So the first time I saw it, Robert Downey Jr. Then the second time I saw it, it was like Tom Cruise. Then the third time I was like, why am I holding love from Matthew McConaughey, who I love? Mm. But now it's come back round and it's Robert Downey Jr. Uh, so uh, that's uh, so funny. Uh, it's a toss-up for me between those two, Downey Jr. and Cruz, and I've gone with Cruz because Les Grossman is the most hideous, wonderful creation I've seen in a comedy movie in a long time. <laughs> so what would you change about this movie, V? So this has been said before. But Take out the R word. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all of that. Yeah, I was, I've was. i written aside from the obvious. Yeah, yeah we're just established. Stuff. I think you've got to chuck a woman in it because you give the character the same <laughs> just treatment. Chuck, chuck one in. Just chuck a woman chuck in. Chuck a woman in. Right. So think of she's called Anna in Predator. Remember, you might not remember that she's got a name, but she does have a name and her job is to be pretty, be scared, and be protected. So you and then you remember she's like the demon who makes trophies of men and all of that. So have that character, but either flip it so you've got a woman who's been promised more. You're not just going to be Anna in Predator and then she gets them and then she is. Or a woman who's trying to like reposition herself as pretty Anna and isn't that. like You can just have mm-hmm. a lot of fun with what female actors have been expected to do and would like to do in that scenario. It's very good. I, I hadn't realised uh, until I started thinking there's literally no women in this movie. No, Helen. Yep, on the end of the Titler's throne. Helen, yeah. Yep. Titler's Helen, <laughs> yep. Uh, and obviously at the start, Ben Stiller is partner at the time, yeah. is there for the simple jack bit. Okay, uh, Chris, what would you change? Um, well, I replaced the Coogan character with a John Melius uh, mm. type character, a gun-crazy psychopath. Yep. That works better. Um, uh, the other best scene in the film is when um, uh, Tug chucks that toddler in the river. <laughs> fucking funny yeah. uh, the way so it I, flies through the air can't yeah, we it's really funny Great. I'd be sad to lose that but I think Tug should adopt that kid and the sequel or the post credit scene could be back in LA that kid trying to kill him <laughs> uh, okay mine is in the run up to the Oscars next year where Robert Downey Jr. stands a very good chance of winning Best Supporting Actor for Oppenheimer my change would the during interviews at the moment in the run-up to winning potentially his first ever Oscar, maybe he, I don't want to give someone like Danny Jr., who's a very intelligent man, advice, should stop saying he'd be interested in revisiting the Osiris role for Tropic Thunder 2. It's the kind of thing the Academy won't let you win for. Anymore. Yeah. So, uh, so what's your change to the film? That's it. That's my change. My change is looking out for RDJ. Sure. In the future. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, that's it. Great. That's my change. Okay, great. The film is perfect. We should stop trying with these. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I mean, I, t- I find it quite easy. I've just got to be honest. Like, it's my favourite bit, to be I honest. don't think we're all in, though. <laughs> um, it's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! Because <gasps> it was my week. Look at that. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Thank you. That's the first time in four years. No pause. But look, I had to write it down. Uh, that's fine. Alex <laughs> writes everything down. I know, it's I, fine. I rinse well, everything, but I, I, I should. I, I largely write quite down from films you and then read them write everything. one write, after the other. Or, or you write me songs. going, I'm Vicky. <laughs> Waiting for the hammer and fall. 
Wait, wait. Baby. Waiting for the hammer and fall. All right, so can we, because I did a really good job, so can we not, like, undermine what I just did and let's just carry on with this section, okay? Nice one, Alex. Thanks. Right, perfect. So I would... It's really good. It, it's really, this is so good. Uh, 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 you, Alex, you should go first. Uh, okay, so... Uh, the Three Amigos was a lovely hit of nostalgia. It was very nice, but nice is the problem. The three leads are all basically playing the same character, nice but dim, so the whole thing quickly starts to feel pretty one-note, but it is a warm comedy. It, it's warm, it's bright, it's like a hug of a movie. Tropic Thunder, I will say, is hit and miss. There are some bits that just aren't funny, but when it's funny, oh my God, it's really funny. Yes, I think there's a bit of a mean streak running through it, uh, which can spoil it, but... What it's satirising, it does very well. So my vote goes to Tropic Thunder, Reign of Madness. Uh, you can go next. Uh, neither of these films are as funny as when I watched them before. Um, but, so Kid Me is definitely voting for Three Amigos. Adult Me is voting for Tropic Thunder. Because uh, it does more with the premise. It's more visually interesting and it's funnier. We have a winner. Tropic Thunder oh. is our winner. So you're not having the kid you vote, you're having the adult you because this you are week, an adult. This, I'm not a baby. You're not a baby. <laughs> not a baby anymore. Well, you didn't enjoy. I didn't, didn't enjoy three of me because we're fucking babies. V, finishes off. Oh, Alex. <laughs> How many years? Four Jesus years and you've Christ. never done that. Yeah, well, that's uh, mad. There's a reason because it was an accident and then I realised halfway through saying yeah. it. I was like, oh, turn it into a joke. Hold and up. then I was like, actually, no, that's Do you worse. know what? If you're going to ask, sound like you want it as well. That's a little tip for you. <laughs> Not like I'm doing you a favour. I think you've got on your catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. High five it. <laughs> yeah. Vicky. Yeah. Finish us off. Cool. Um, I do feel love for both of these films stop that <laughs> like like a weird like an old affection love like an old friend like I love them but uh, Tropic Thunder the story structure is just just tickles me like Al Pacino like I think it's smart I do I think the end and the beginning and merging and the real film and the false film and all of that and The Three Amigos does it but I think Tropic Thunder does it in a more visually like smash way so Tropic Thunder Three for three, then. Well, people on Twitter were saying it was going to be closer than that. But oh, yeah, I meant, to, I meant to read some of these out. Oh, OK, do you want to do it now? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, the Jeopardy. <laughs> let's, see, let's see what uh, people on Twitter are saying first. Do you know what people on Twitter, because we recorded quite late in the week, I was able to ask people what they thought right. and which one was their favourite. Right. And so while I'm trying to find that tweet, mm. um, we, so here's this is a, what people said. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Sam... From Smash Mind and Body. Yes! Says, uh, really hard to choose. The three amigos I used to watch with my dad, and Tropic Thunder reminds me of a good friend who now lives on the other side of the world. Rewatched both recently, and I think I appreciate Tropic Thunder much more now um, that I've seen the films that it parodies. I thought he was using an analogy there. She was using an analogy. Uh, she was like, Tropic Thunder reminds me of an old friend who lives on the other side that of the world. Hate. No, that's actually <laughs> what it reminds her of. <laughs> uh, Robert Farley says, purely self indulgent reason, especially as I take pride knowing I share a name with Steve Martin's dog. Three Amigos. <laughs> Farley, Farley, Farley. Um, what else have we got? Uh, uh, um, oof, Tropic Thunder is one of the only films I could never it's finish. malfunctioning. <laughs> um, Tropic Thunder was one of the only films I can't yep. finish. Couldn't finish. Yep. Uh, Tony says, I uh, cannot wait for these as a confirmed cake sailor. I'm all in for these films. <laughs> what Love does them both. These are words now. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people saying it was too close to call. Cool. 
Well, it wasn't. No. <laughs> we, just, we just proved that. A clean sweep. For yeah. Dropping Thunder is our winner, but don't forget, you can have your say and tell us how right or wrong you think we got it when the listener poll goes up on Twitter. And also a secondary poll, was Martin Short getting stuck in the piñata in Three Amigos part of the plan or a joke? <laughs> I've got to be right. <laughs> right then, the clue. Somebody gave. Oh, it was me. It was right a... on last week on Monday for next week's pairing. What was what was your, what was your clue, V? It was game on. Game on. Yeah. And what are we doing? Warcraft. Is that what it's called? From Burgundy. <laughs> yes. Warcraft doing... versus and Dungeons and Dragons. Colon, I think. Mm. Honor among thieves. Snappy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why did they have to make that 2000 movie? Now we've got to have an Honor Among Thieves. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Warcraft on Monday and Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves on Thursday. That is your pairing for next week. Until then, have a lovely, lovely weekend. And Chris is going to be off for a couple of weeks. So bye, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye bye. 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 <laughs> I'll see you soon. See you soon. Don't forget to let me into the Airbnb. <laughs> bye. I want to pick rooms first. <laughs> bye. Bye, Chris. So you just got me and V for the next couple of weeks until Monday. Take care. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.